1: Good morning and welcome to uh, SA Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Joining me is Royce Rafa, maybe joining us uh, or maybe not. Uh, like I said, he got hit in the ball or he got hit in the nose with the ball last night. So uh, I did
2: not realize that. Was that during warm ups?
1: It was during the warm ups. Wow. The Monterey Bay uh, goalkeeper coach. Um, Widely missed. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Wasn't wow. and it, it skinned his nose and you know, he's all right. So
2: right you're right. telling me the goalkeeper coach didn't have very good goalkeeper reactions.
1: Uh, well, he can't, he can't kick. Maybe that's why he's a goalkeeper. Fair. Very fair. That's very fair. <laughs> uh, but uh, last night was uh, an interesting night. Um, Great as a San Antonio FC fan, um, but I don't. And I made a—I sent a comment to uh, uh, you know one of a uh, kind of a group that I'm in with uh, USL as uh, USL other USL uh, fans, and I was like, that game could have been ten nothing easy. I don't remember another USL Championship team that was that bad, just and I hate saying that. Um and I know Monterey Bay's dealing with a bunch of injuries. They're got a thin roster. They're an expansion team. Uh and it's the end of their seven game road trip. Um they get to open at home next week. Um, you know, Phil fill for Sam Gladel and Kai Green, like I said here, just it's it, it can't be a pretty situation right now, you know, in Monterey Bay, but they they were just from from the start it was just i don't know it was a one-sided match and you know great for san antonio fc and and obviously uh what they scored the most goals in in club history so we'll dive into that royce your your thoughts initially on the game
2: yeah i have to agree um um it was ugly. Um, Monterey Bay really only put together one decent chance the entire match. Um, and that went off the post. Um, and that was with a really good run by their number eight. Other than that, they really, I mean, the whole team really looked disorganized. Um, and dare I say, the, even though we did start, um, what was it, four um, academy kids against defeaters? the feeders kind of looked a little more organized and the monterey bay i i i don't know why um they just they were kind of all over the place they were trying to uh they defended the ball they didn't really defend space and that was the problem um and they had a really high line the whole night and they got beat with that high line like i don't time, and if, time if, again. if if you know how do I put this? If you know you're going to get countered on, don't have that high of a line. Like sit back a little bit. And they didn't. They just kept this high line all night, and they kept getting beat, and we kept finding all that space. Um, which I'm not going to complain about. Six nothing is an un- unbelievable win in the USL Championship. But yeah, Monterey. Uh, uh, you you hope it's like a. Like the New York Islanders this season, um, they did not play their first home game until 15 games into their 82-game season because they had a new arena. And, yeah, they went, what, like 1-14 to start the season, and they just missed out on the playoffs. You hope they kind of turn their season around like that. Otherwise, oh, buddy, uh, they, they're not. That, that was, yeah, that, that was shooting fish in a barrel right there for SAFC, um, for sure.
1: And to me, like I said here, when the lineups came out, and I'm not talking about our lineup, I'm talking about Monterey Bays, they only had four four subs. And they tried, you know, so they traveled with 15 on here, and one of them was a backup goalkeeper. Um, and, and like I said, so to me, that was a big warning shot in it. And, and i know you kind of already you know uh, ribbed me on on twitter about saying hey this felt like a trap game and and i still i still stand by that comment just for the fact that you know just the you know the circumstances going in i just didn't think monterey bay was that that poor and and, and they had a poor, you know they had a poor night and and i feel bad for dallas J because you know when you look at you know thought mom rankings and sofa score rankings it looks like that he had a poor game. He didn't. He you know, he made what a spectacular save, I think two saves early in the first half. And, you know, it just, you know, I kind of felt bad for, you know, for him just for the fact that, you know, there was nothing he could do, you know, you know, even the shot by um, uh, what Nicky Hernandez, you know, that, that would, you know, that was, you know, on the near side there. I don't think. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. A shot.
2: I'm gonna. I'm gonna disagree on that though. Um, I, I definitely Nicky Hernandez's goal that needs to be saved. That's on the on the, on the near inside. post, and you've you've got to defend your near post. The number one thing you do, your job as a goalkeeper, defend the the near post. If it comes in for a cross and gets headed in, hey, that's a defender's fault. But that that Nicky Hernandez goal that's got to be saved, and for it to go off of his hands and in, that's just bad positioning um he did have a, a few really good saves for sure during the game, but that one that that's on him. that's pretty much on him. the cross comes in um they de- uh the center back really defended Maloney well or it may not have even been the, no it was a center back defended Maloney well on his run in and didn't let him get a good shot didn't let him cross onto uh get onto his uh, left foot or didn't get onto a stronger uh, right foot. So he showed him to the end line. So when he ran to the end line, all he all he could do was cross. And so it was on that other center back to um, cover. Uh, I believe it was Collier that was making the run. He covered him. The ball goes beyond Collier, and Hernandez is there. Whoever's supposed to track him didn't. And it's the goal. It's him versus the goaltender on that near post. The goal the goalkeeper. That's his job to save that. Goes off his hands and in. That's that's on the goalkeeper.
1: Rafa, good morning. How are you?
2: Good. good. Morning. How are
1: you? Doing well here. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of. How's
2: your a nose?
0: Start. Oh, it feels. It's all right. It, it was just great. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: was, I, I made a joke earlier that the goalkeeper coach didn't have the reaction to stop the ball, so that's not. That's not good.
0: <laughs> you, need, you need to work on your shooting. That's,
2: that's well, yeah, yeah. That's the professional. In, in this case, the professional is at fault, but. Get your hands up, Rafa! Come on, man. <laughs> well, he
1: was looking at me because it's they weren't oh, even they weren't man. even at the shooting
2: stage. It's, oh, were they not? It's oh,
1: normally, nah. where you know they're just warming up the goalkeeper. Where? Why? Oh, yeah. So never... they are
2: doing the short shots, and he short shotted it right into. The... Wow. Okay, fair enough. You got to have your hands up and know what's coming for that. No, okay.
1: it is our, you know, you know, and I know they said the, you know, they give the little message, hey, you know, if you're on that side, you got to watch for balls at all the time. It,
2: we know that, but yeah, it's it's a batting practice foul ball that you got to pay attention to in baseball, even though the game's not on. Baseballs are flying, yeah, but still, but not not a good look, not a good look on the coach for six me. seven
1: years we've been there. Uh, that's the earliest that I've seen a ball on the stands. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: Uh, so you know, you know what kind of night it was going to be for Monterey Bay. <laughs>
2: that's that's a pretty good preview for sure.
0: <sighs> uh,
1: but the uh, just to kind of look at the starting lineup, uh, normal with the exception of Hernandez in for. Oh, I'm trying to blank. Gomez um, for that here, which I thought you know was I. I think was Marcina. I think Hernandez is is going to be in place and are more attacking. Uh, lineup, and if we're going more defensive, then Maloney's going to fit there, and they'll have Gomez. Um, Gomez in there. I've start. I've start. You know, with the trend here. But your thoughts on on the lineup here? Either Rafa, or Royce, whoever wants to uh, grab it first.
2: I'll jump on real quick. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think this is a very interesting lineup, just because it really gives a lot of. Um, uh, flexibility uh, along the wings. Uh, this is the thing that I noticed a lot: is that Nikki and Carter Manley would really switch off, and PC and Maloney would really switch off. So Maloney would come inside, PC would stay outside. Hernandez would go outside, Manley would come inside, um, and that's very interesting. Normally, you see, like in a four-three-three, you'll have the forwards and the, uh, uh, or in a four-four-two, you'll have the forwards and the wingers overlap uh or the 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 right back and the right wing the overlap you'll know, get a lot of overlap this way we had a lot of overlap in the midfield which was very interesting um that caused a lot of chaos for monterey um and then Dillon and collier just being the oh man i i need to come up with a name for them because they're, they're 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 like the hockey forwards they're They're bruisers. They run everywhere. They don't stop running. Um, Justin makes great runs. Collier makes people look silly with his footwork. He's 6'4", and he makes people look silly with his footwork. It's unbelievable. So, that pair up top has been incredible this season. And then the midfield five, really the midfield three, they've really destroyed everything from everybody that we've seen so far. Um, And then, you know, them overlapping with our. Uh, wingbacks it's it's been an incredible lineup and and it's interesting to see where we evolved from the beginning of the Marcina um, experience with the 3-4-3 we've evolved into this and man this seems to be definitely one of the more effective formations for uh, variability during play um, as well as just domination in the midfield Um, so it's it, it looks good. Uh, and and it was very interesting this time. And I, and I definitely made a comment on it um, and, and it goes with the wingbacks was, was who is going to be on the outside? Is it going to be Connor Maloney on the right as a right back, or is it going to be Carter Manley as a right back? Is it going to be PC as a left back or is it going to be um uh, Maloney as a left back? And that's the kind of variability you have in this formation that, it could have been any one of those guys, and during the game, during play, it was any one of those guys to be in those different formations because of how variable this lineup is. And it's definitely something we picked up on in the beginning of the season, whenever they're putting this roster together, just how many players we have that can play in all sorts of different positions at all times, and it's the results have really shown um, uh, the variability of play. Uh, it, it helps, and it's it's made this team a, a lot stronger.
0: Your thoughts, Rafa? Uh, this formation really kind of opened a lot of space, especially on the wings. I think we talked about it and I mentioned that this is one of the first formations I used when I went to 11 v. 11 in the club because I learned it from uh, from Brennan High School, uh, from one of the coaches that I met that won a lot of games, and he gave me pretty much a system rundown and they're basically doing kind of the same. They're overloading sides and leaving space on, you know, to especially like in the middle and leaving gaps. And that's, and that's what we saw last night. There was a lot of gaps that Monterey was leaving. And every time when we switched the ball, we catch them with their pants down and then they led to those crosses or to, you know, you know, getting corner kicks and so forth, this or opportunities to shoot. So I think, Marcino also had to adjust because I know we were playing that three-four-three 3 for a while. I think because of the injuries, so I was like, you know what, I better what I players I have, I'm gonna best utilize them in this formation, which it's work, which it's working in. And yeah, who's to say, like I said, once we get some of those players back, that we're gonna stick to this or go back to the three-four-three. And and the great thing is we, we can be unpredictable. We can, you know, it's interchangeable. Once we get 100% healthy. And so the teams won't be able to kind of, you know, kind of us out too much. We are underway from Toyota field along with Hayden Parts in and our inside. Sorry. So Elgato Blancos, I guess he's ready to see the highlights. I know.
2: I hear I hear him in the back. I don't know if that's Harry's cat or if that's Rafa's cat there no, uh, on the <laughs> wall. <laughs>
0: But yeah, that's like I said. You you'll you'll see on the highlights how they really kind of cleared a lot of space, you know, in, in this formation. So we'll see moving forward if we stick to this, or depending on the the players that we were out out, like especially Laura and and you, know, you know, how are they going to fit in once once they're they're back?
1: All right. Speaking of uh, the game highlights, and of course this is uh, through YouTube here through the the USL channel here and our highlights is a minute longer uh, than everybody else's uh, for uh, obvious reasons.
0: We are underway from Toyota Field along with Hayden Partain and our entire crew. I'm Dan Weiss. Thanks for joining us here tonight on Valley Sports. Yeah, it's a tough situation being alone. Here's the Five shot. Five players surrounding you. There's Here's Dawkins making the run inside the box. Dawkins has a step. Dawkins. Oh, well, he hits the woodwork here. The rebound out. Sam Gleedle drives it off the body of Connor Maloney, and it'll result in the Monterey Bay corner. But Dawkins. Yeah, pause it real quick. Past it. Past I, just, it. I just
2: want to talk about that run real quick. This is really the only time San Antonio FC really got beat in the entire match. And it was just on an individual run and some individual brilliance by Dawkins. Um, and he came in from the midfield. He beat both center backs. And really a big reason why this happened and, and a, big, a big thing that I noticed happening a lot, Kamiri came forward a lot in this match to try to destroy. And the one time he missed and the one time he took a bad angle was this because right. he's right. that stop right there yeah that stop right there is what doomed him if he continues to kind of come back and cover um he he stops that easily but he hesitated and where he hesitated Dawkins made a line toward the goal um so that would be maybe some film for Kamiri to look at for someone to tell him hey you know continue your run don't hesitate continue your run everybody's covered you need to cover that space in front of Jordan um but other than that uh can't complain about anything. Maloney in the perfect position to block that shot. Um, the post being a little friendly to SAFC,
1: a lot friendly because if you look at the placement, of, the situation
0: being alone, about five. Points. And I
2: think I think Far actually gets a piece of this.
1: He does, yeah. Stalkins. I
2: think I think it is a save, yeah. So Kamiri yeah. there completely misses. Like I said, should have been Step. in a better position. Stop. And then yeah, Far gets a hand on it right there. And deflects it, it right. off the post, and the yeah. ten is right there to tap it in, and he's too close.
1: Yeah, it's, that's where we got kind of got lucky, uh, and this was the only uh, the only chance that that, that Monterey Bay had. It was,
2: that was their only chance. That's yeah, that's it. That was their only clear cut chance, and yeah, the ten is just too close. And... Well,
0: the, here. the rebound out. Sam drives it off. Come on, body. Sam.
1: <laughs> and can I can I compliment
2: the uh can I compliment the ref for um not getting involved at all except for and like I said I made a comment on Twitter that I think you can count on one hand the amount of whistles the amount of time she used her whistle and that includes the beginning of the match the halftime call and the in the uh, final the final call for the end of the match. She really let everything go and just kind of let everybody um, uh, kind of ref themselves. The only time she really got involved was, uh, I believe, Monterey Bay had two yellow cards for really ugly tackles. One of them by their captain, number six, um, with the scissor tackle on Collier, which really could, or was it Collier or JD? It may have been JD. Um,
0: was a really,
2: really There's unnecessary scissor tackle from behind. That was ugly. That really could have hurt him. Um, and then the other yellow was for, uh, uh, another really bad tackle, but those I'm sure came from frustration because I believe it was on J.D., and J.D. was coming to the sideline. He wasn't even going Mm -hmm. toward the goal. He was going away from the goal, and he got scissor tackled from behind. So, But that's the only time the ref really got involved was those two pretty obvious yellow cards. Um, Other than that, she just kind of, okay. Handballs happened. Okay. They weren't deliberate, obviously. It just kind of hit your hand. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep playing so um
1: yeah the the referee uh, is uh kajada kroleva um she uh refereed the uh, nwsl uh, challenge cup final in 2020 she's uh done she's she believed cup and also refereed the Concacaf Women's u20 championship so she is a high quality uh referee Uh, i would
2: like i would like to see her officiate a lot more SAFC matches. I liked her style. I liked how she kept things going. Um, it, it, Well, we didn't have any yellow cards either. Well, <laughs> I mean, there was that. We really didn't have any yellow card worthy fouls, well, to be honest yeah, with you, in this yeah, match. But um, I, I liked her style, and it is a stark difference from that game we played against New Mexico where there was a combined, what, 18 yellow cards where the ref just kept trying to butt himself into the match unnecessarily
1: yeah that was the referee from last week last year Um, right
2: which is interesting because uh, that was a lot it was a lot calmer of a game um, that he officiated he didn't have to put his stamp on it all that much or I guess he's he's kind of matured a little bit in the role but um, this this was kind of an ideal officiating um, performance and and I really appreciated it from uh, Katja
1: yeah, she, she's, to me, she's one of the uh, elite goalkeepers uh, with the um, pro referees. Um, and I know, I think I've heard Danielle speak highly of her a couple of times on, on a couple of different shows. So, yeah, I, I know last year we had her one time and I think, you know, we, um, I think it was the same type of call where, where, she did she let the game play out you know if there was something way out of line she called it but other than that you know you know it let the game through here uh so let's get to uh SAFC's uh, scoring binge
0: just fantastic last couple of minutes yeah he gets by Kamiri a little too easy i i want to think Jordan had a touch there yeah he did off the and then off the post
1: and... Uh, he makes a great run. John Maloney looking for his first. Maloney cuts it to his left. Maloney to the back post. It's Collier. It's
0: in. Almost think one deflection maybe the other deflection
1: happened. It was that cut by Maloney? And off
0: of the Any thoughts on this one? Toyama. Yeah,
2: the, uh, um, like I was talking about before, um, with the, um, Showing Maloney to the end line, not letting me get on his right foot. That was a good play by the. Uh, uh, I guess that would be thirty-one. Would that be a center back coming back? I'm not. I'm not sure what position that he would be in. Uh, you know, no, thirty-one was the outside back because he was helping out. Um, because um, he was on Maloney a lot. Um, really good positioning by him to show him to the end line, and then seventy-seven just kind of makes a mess of it. Um, doesn't clear it. Completely misses it, and then on the turnaround on the block completely misses the block. so seventy seven just kind of put on skates. Um, it gives Collier a pretty easy tap in goal, and the goalkeepers kind of left on an island. so this one's kind of on on uh, seventy seven for uh, for Monterey Bay. Um, just kind of kind of making two quick mistakes in a row and allowing the goal. So I won't lie
1: when the play was happening here. I was hoping that he was going to, you know, that Maloney was going to pass the ball over here uh, for that here. When, when, when he starts to go uh, to the baseline there, I was like, Oh, here we go. We messed it up again. But uh, through there, do you think Maloney would have been better off on passing it earlier? uh, No, no,
2: no. Because what Maloney saw is what I saw on TV. Collier was offside. Oh, was he? Yeah. If you go back, Collier is offside. His run is a little too quick. So Maloney, Maloney looks up. You can look at him see he's offside right there. And you can look at Collier. You can look at Maloney, look up at Collier and realize he's offside. And that's when he takes it to the end line because we know they need to make that run again. He has his hand head up right there. He knows he's offside, so he cuts in. And then he goes with the cross. And then 77 seven misses it twice. She he wasn't offside, She
0: would have sent that to
2: he wasn't there. He wasn't when he was in the box, but before yeah. he gets to the box, he was. If he wasn't,
0: I'll catch you. Would have on that one. The ball there yep. in, the, in the corners. All the right, and off. this is goal
1: number There's
0: two. saying earlier, neither of these teams crepe.
1: And this is some unbelievable
0: in, interplay on that right side between one. everybody. And, <laughs> and what a and
2: what a great crop in. from uh, and from, and from Mickey. First And then PC, all all, all PC has to do is tap it in. Early
0: service again. um, the back line, PC just gets on the end of it. uh, Nikki
2: looks like a player, doesn't he? He does. The early service. But to me, I, I know,
1: I know, Hernandez got the goal. But to me, this play starts on the back quality with this pass right there. Yep, or right here. Pardon
2: me. Yeah, Collier. It, yeah, I mean it, it goes from Garcia to Manley to Collier ah, to Hernandez to Peaceby. I mean, it's such good play. It's such season. quality play. And I dare I say, I think every team in the USL gives up this goal in the exact same way. Um, I don't think that's stoppable from anybody. And that's an unbelievable play right there by the entire team on the right side.
1: And I think this is the goal that you're talking about
2: that should have been prevented. But yeah, yeah I kind of, I kinda, this, I kind of, I kind of mixed up the the first goal and the and the third goal. Um, but yeah, no, that's got to get saved. The goalkeeper, your number one job is Maloney's like, how did that post. go in? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, because the goalkeeper's there, he kicks it right into his hands, and it still goes in. That's that's on the goalkeeper. It
0: was like a tackle, tackle shot, put it back across, and the keeper couldn't deal with it. Wow, but by the time the keeper touches
1: it, he's in the goal, though, right? Ball's already in.
2: He yeah, but he's slow to the post. He's slow to defend his post. Wow, yeah. He hesitated. He comes all the way over and he stops. He hesitated.
0: He, he thought that ball was going to go outside or defended by his outside defender, but he, in order he thought he was, he wasn't going to make it because you see how he's outstretched. Yeah. Well, I think what? we initially thought that it hit the side uh, yeah, of you know, the, the, the side net. Yeah, but once he got a good hang of that shot, it, I think he realized it was like said, it was too late for him because it, it goes in on, on here, right here. Yeah,
2: it's a really—I uh, mean, it's the obvious run, but a really smart run from uh, Collier there uh, for him to get double teamed and to let Hernandez go completely un, uh, unharassed by any defender. Yeah, that ball
0: bounces too. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. catch it. Well, he, yeah, he, he doesn't he, catch
2: it sweetly. He catches it. It goes off the ground. But still, the keeper's got to get to that post. The first yeah. thing he's got to defend is that post. Is, is that,
1: that the error there, there, Rafa? Uh, yeah. My dad Jay is he's too far to yeah, the air, he, even though he's coming across.
0: Yeah, he needs to be more – if he's about maybe right there where your mouse is at, he bucks that shot. You know, he, he has he has no problem knocking that out. But that little gap right there, just give him enough. And I, like I said, he anticipated – thinking that little bounce on the ground was going to send the shot to the post or, or far away or over the top. He just misjudged it and not committed to the, to the near post to to actually kind of make sure that he didn't, didn't go in. Yeah, right there, it's already too late. See, if he's there bit, oh, he would have uh, dropped that shot. One quarter hour remaining did, in Cruise control here up 3-0 at home
1: over Monterey Bay.
2: And cruise control is correct. Yeah, and at this point, you can kind of tell Monterey Bay had given up for the most part because, yeah, there's there's two set piece goals here that have no business being set piece goals. And this is the number one egregious one here. Um, Nobody attacks the ball. Nobody attacks the ball. Nobody does. It is a very a very. Uh, uh, a very half hearted defense there by their number two. But
0: right.
2: nobody attacked that ball. And what an amazing she cross, cross has
1: has. What an
2: unbelievable cross from Gomez there yeah. to spot JD. A great run by JD and a great goal.
0: And JD looked like uh, the goal scorer that uh, we know he can be right there. It's a great finish. In between the goalkeeper and behind the back line.
1: And I thought Partain did a good job of calling out how you know on the replay here of how uh, Justin slowed down his run, so that way he didn't overrun it.
0: I mean, Las Vegas likes
1: FC. And Jordan with the record-breaking goal here.
2: Nobody went with him. Right, his guy we got right there gets caught up in 31. 31 is the guy who's marking Jordan, and that's who needs to come continue his run on him, and he doesn't. And I think I think one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite moments is this very in part is um, Kamiri has a very cheeky play on the ball, it's and he a, it's thinks he's getting called for a foul or something. He's like, <laughs> "What did I do wrong?" But it's the fi- it's the final call. It was, it was pretty funny to watch that because <laughs> Kamiri's like, "I just I just pulled off this sick move, and you're gonna call me for some foul." So
1: <laughs> to me, this this kind of sums up the game here, and and we've seen a, f- a few of these here. Um, the game flow, you know, the the XG. You know, mm-hmm. San Antonio at 3.37, Monterey at, at 0.83. Outside of that, that shot in the 11th minute, Monterey had they were there, but they weren't there, if that makes sense. Um, yep. and, and like I said here, obviously, the higher, the higher the marks are, the better the opportunity is. And and as you can see, we're, we're uh, building uh, uh, what's it, Sky uh. So, uh, skyscrapers, sky- skyscrapers compared to a uh, little house yeah. uh, on this
0: one here, but it backhand looks like that. Um.
1: <laughs> just, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it was one of like, like I said here, this game could have been, could have been 10 nothing, um, or 10 one. If, even if you gave them that, that shot there, yeah. uh, there were the a year. lot
2: of, a lot of chances. Yeah. The, yeah, you definitely showed <laughs> the USL highlight package. Cause yeah, the, San Antonio highlight package had uh, a couple of. Yeah, the, it was uh, five of, minutes.
1: <laughs> uh, it was a couple
2: of really good saves by um, by their keeper. Um, one on uh, one on Collier that was oddly enough the highest XG uh, rating there that we saw was a really good save from a shot from Collier, and then uh, PC had another really good shot that was saved mm-hmm. over the bar. So. Yeah, yeah they're the, saved by Jay. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That, in my opinion,
1: well, should. Should be the save of the week, and I know that's kind of odd to say. Um, in, in a match that you lose six to nothing, but I don't
2: disagree. Good. He had really good saves, but kind of left out the drive by a really high line by Monterey, and I'm not sure why they had such a high line.
1: So, but looking at the stats here, um, San Antonio had 27 shots, Monterey nine, uh, 11 shots on target for San Antonio, uh, two for Monterey um corners because corners was a a big deal this match on the over under um yep. I did the over rafa did the over yeah for uh, those
2: for those uh, not in the know the on the san antonio fc app they had a contest they have a contest basically every match they ask you a stat do you take the over or under and they'll draw somebody from the winning group whoever gets the over under and they give a, a nice little uh a swag prize uh, pack and um i think this time wasn't it 13 and a half corner 13 and a half and yeah, it was yeah we'll be over or under most people took under I, I me and harry definitely took the over and we were definitely right on this one um so did you take the over or under rafa over okay so we all took the over uh so one of us three has <laughs> to win right so we'll figure out who who uh who wins um uh, but <clears throat>
1: but yeah uh, to me, the big thing, um, like said so here, and I know we kind of talked about, out, about this here. When was the last match for San Antonio FC uh, that San Antonio only had five fouls? Monterey only had four, two yellow cards. I can't remember a match, especially under Marcina, where... Uh, just... It, but it wasn't that type of game either, and I think San Antonio. My my fear, and the reason why I said it was going to be a trap game is because I thought San Antonio would be kind of come back late, laid, laid back. They they must have listened to me and said, "Okay, hey, Harry, hey, Harry, you know, you know, we're not we're not going to mess this up for you," um, and came out just firing. And and I don't want to say it was. I don't want to say it was like a preseason match, but in some ways it kind of had that feeling, you know, where where they didn't have to do that physicality, where you know where they didn't have to have that that total aggressiveness on the defensive side. Offensively, they you know they they just tore them up. But your thoughts on, on the yeah, on on the lack of fouls, Rafa, or you know along those lines there. It just—it was one of those matches that, to me, it wasn't wasn't needed.
0: Yeah, it was more of a. you on the onset, you can see we were more of the aggressor, and I think we just kind of took, like I said, Monterey Bay out of whack, and and also that we were—I think put the boys played a lot smarter. I think they knew, going into the, you know, we needed to stay kind of. I guess it's a fresh of, of yellow cards for the next game because maybe there were some. Maybe if they got got another yellow card, they had to sit out the next game versus Phoenix. And so like, you got to give kudos to the players. They really didn't do any serious fouls like we've done and we normally do. That we kind of hit some good, <laughs> whack some people around. But uh, stuff like that the uh, game in uh, Mexico and so forth. But yeah, but you got to give the guys a kudos on this. They really played a almost a clean game, you know, there weren't really any serious fouls. On the other side, like I said, you know, we got fouled. I think there was one play, I think Nick Hernandez was on the on a dribble. That was kind of borderline red card because he did get caught from the back. And, right. But, you know, they gave a yellow for that, so that's okay. So, But overall, like I said, kudos to, you know, the staff on that. And, uh, having a, the players play pretty much close to a clean game. And I think they knew that you know we we needed to come out this way for for next week.
1: Royce, your thoughts on the lack of, and I don't even want to say lack of physicality because I think San Antonio was physical, but I just think they were smart on this one here.
2: I don't think it was necessary. Um, and like as like when we talked about um uh the referee katcha oh man, I'm 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 gonna absolutely butcher her last name, so I'm just gonna refer to her as Katcha. I don't mean any disrespect. Um, I obviously prefer her as a, as an official in USL. I think she's one of the better, one of the top USL officials. Um, I, I think it kind of comes down to her um and how she how she really ref the uh, officiated the match. If she tries to put her foot in um, and she kind of acts like a lot of the other um, USL championship refs we see where they try to make their mark on the match, I think SAFC gets frustrated with the refs. So they get frustrated with the refs. If you get frustrated in general. You start, you know, you start making unnecessary fouls. I think this game just kind of flowed naturally um, and just kind of let it happen. I don't. SAFC didn't really need to get all that physical, which is kind of nice considering, you know, how the physical matches that we've played recently. Um, It it just wasn't necessary in this match. Um, And we kind of outplayed them. um, And at the same time, you know, we outplayed them whenever they're getting frustration fouls um, and frustration yellow cards, because we got tackled twice from behind once kind of going at the net not really the other time nowhere near the net and still tackles from behind where uh, monterey got yellow cards so i i think it i think there's a few factors it's it's uh it's the official that was officiating the match um wasn't interested in really giving away a lot of yellow cards and at the same time i think the gameplay really didn't warrant san antonio to be that physical so it came out where San Antonio didn't have a yellow card.
1: So next up for San Antonio, uh, next Saturday they play at Phoenix, uh, who plays tonight against uh, um, Los Dos um, LA Galaxy 2. So at San Antonio will have an extra day of rest. Um, Rising is the only team to have beat San Antonio at this point, you know, at Toyota Field 2-0. I will throw a caveat on that that's when uh, justin dylan wasn't in and we just had the one forward up top collier um so it'll I'm, i'll be interested to see kind of how it matches up uh with uh, justin Dillon in so far he uh, we have been uh, undefeated on the season for that here um after after this week it gets a little bit busy uh you'll have rising on saturday Next Wednesday, you'll have um, uh, at um, Houston Dynamo an Open Cup. Um, and then the following uh, uh, Saturday, they play at Miami. So San Antonio doesn't actually come back to town till the 21st, uh, where they'll play Colorado Springs um, for that right here. So just quick thoughts on Phoenix. I, I know we've already faced them once. Um, came up on the short end of the stick. Uh, Rafa, your thoughts uh, initially on Phoenix, and, and we'll, you know, uh,
0: we might dwell into them a little bit later this week. I, I think this time will be a different result because if we didn't play with with, uh, with Dylan, and, and also that game, we had to put a couple of academy players in because our bench mm-hmm. was decimated with injuries. We still have the injuries, but I think we still have enough to challenge them. And especially now with Nicky Hernandez there in the center mid, uh, the, he's gonna give he's gonna get Phoenix problems, and I think this time is gonna be a different result. I have a feeling we'll pull, We got to pull out and get the win on the road. And we've, like I said, we've been the road warriors. So winning on the, we've gotten some big wins on the road. So I, I can see us winning. We just do need a win, maybe three three nil, because you mentioned about the gold. The tiebreaker, difference. yeah. The tiebreaker, so or even a two nil, that'd be. I mean, it, you know, the way we're scoring right now, I think we can overcome that. Whatever Phoenix throws in, but this is going to be a different game, and we're looking forward to getting some payback.
1: Royce, any thoughts on Rising Upcoming?
2: We just, I mean, we just need to go out there and win. Um, obviously, the first match, we're very shorthanded. Um, in this match, um, hopefully it looks like uh, we're not going to be. Uh, I will say that, um, San Antonio did have a um, an Instagram post where they were, um, uh, said warming up for the match. And the two players that they showed warming up, along with, um, um Sean Arders, the, um, the conditioning coach was, um, Atez Diouf and um, uh, David Loera. Uh, yes, they're obviously warming that. up. They're mm-hmm. both in training. Uh, David did have a um, an ice pack um, and during this week's training on his right hamstring. So it's obviously where the injury is. They're trying to keep swelling down from it. But they're both active in training, so they're pretty dang close to coming back. Um, Patino was seen in um, um, civvies and civilian clothing, so... I'm not sure how close he is to coming back, um, so we'll see. Hopefully, it's a lot sooner than later, and hopefully, the reaggravation—they're going to take it easy with him, especially under reaggravation. They're probably going to give him four to six weeks to come back from from whatever injury he had. I think he also had a, a hamstring issue, yeah. Um, during the Austin match, and then um, the other the other guy, Triore. We'll see. I don't know. I think he got a knock. I don't know if that was a muscle. I think Troy got a knock and he came out. So um so we'll see. Um we'll see when they come back. Um but this all kind of ties into the Phoenix match with going with are you a hundred percent? Are you healthy? And we're in a lot better, healthier space now than we were when we played them at home the first time. So hopefully we get the result. Phoenix, um I saw some unbelievably strange tweets from Phoenix fans yesterday, saying is uh, is uh, Collins' job um, in jeopardy because he has what one win in seven matches? But oh, Neil Collins? Yeah, they uh, they mostly have draws and they're still in the playoff spot. So I, I don't know what y'all are complaining too much about, but I guess you you automatically think you're supposed to be at the top of the league, but. Buddy, well, that Tampa right
1: Tampa's in an interesting situation. Um, uh,
2: yeah, I was just gonna get to them. Uh well that's what? who
1: Neil Collins <laughs> coaches.
2: Oh, is that Collins? Oh, see, I thought that was Phoenix because that was somebody no, Phoenix. Phoenix. We're talking about Collins chance. with okay. There you go. Okay. That's my bad. Uh, <laughs> that it's also like, very oh, early we in the switched morning. Switch
1: to the Rowdies. No, uh <laughs> no,
2: you're you're absolutely right. Um yeah, the Rowdies have had some Not so good results, and they haven't looked very good. Um, in yesterday's match, yeah, in yesterday's match, the game winning goal they gave up to San Diego, their entire team was gassed, they were done in the 87th minute, they were sucking wind. Um, and they gave up that, that third and um, third and eventually winning goal by San Diego. Yeah, that didn't look good for them at all.
1: Yeah, so just to kind of go over scores, uh, the Rowdies had a rough week. They lost on Wednesday uh, at Memphis three to one, and then last night in an interconference match, uh, which doesn't help us, uh, they lost to San Diego three to two at Al Lang. So um, not good. Uh, El Paso um, looks like they might be kind of turning the corner. They got a three one win at Loudon. Now it is against Loudon, so take that through there. Uh, Detroit City, who San Antonio is the only team so far that has that, 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 uh, that or Detroit City has only lost to San Antonio FC, um, continues to impress. They got 17 points, five wins, two draws and the loss here. Um, they got a 2-0 win against uh, the Red Bulls that, you know, you can almost, it's almost like clockwork, zero, zero at the half. And then, you know, they make some second half adjustments that come through. Uh, probably the big match in the East, Louisville knocked off Pittsburgh um, in Louisville 2-0. Uh, Indy 11 got by Hartford. Um, uh, 1-0 Hartford, unfortunately, is having a rough year. Um, one tie, so only one point in their first seven matches. Out West, uh, RGV lost to Orange County. Uh, so that means they've lost a the tiebreaker to Orange County uh, for that here. Um, Colorado springs uh, got a 3-0 win against oakland and sacramento and vegas ended up uh, draw uh, end up in a 1-1 draw so where that leaves uh, leaves us at at this point here uh Colorado springs San antonio basically identical now uh goal difference 21.701 uh one loss uh, for San Antonio's to phoenix uh, May 21st, uh, they will go head to head for that. Here, San Diego played has played an extra game in third place at 19.61 and two uh, rising. Uh, they play you know LA Galaxy tonight, uh, uh, which I'd expect to they'll be able to uh, win, uh, but uh, they're at 15 points, so that you know they'll be 18. So. You can see that you know right right at the top there. It's it's you know Colorado Springs, San Antonio, through here. Uh, the only team out east with 21 points is Louisville, uh, six wins, three draws. So the west uh, the west is putting down some points right now. Um, you know, plus 10 goal difference. So that's that's the huge thing for San Antonio is. They closed that gap with Colorado Springs on the goal difference uh, for that here. I am kind of interested to see uh, uh, John from USL Tactics, uh, his updated numbers uh, this week to kind of see how this offensive burst kind of inflates uh, San Antonio FC's uh, XG numbers and, and the analytics side of it. Um, and I know John John made mentioned last week that the analytic numbers don't show the real picture of how San Antonio is playing. And and Royce, you might be able to go into a little bit more on that since you're more into the analytics, you know, than I think me and Raf are, um, you know, because I think I think San Antonio had what a upside down um, XG where you know, their XG was that, you know, the goals for was actually lower than what the goals against, even though if you look at the quality of shots, you know, that doesn't match up with that.
2: Well, I mean, the results doesn't match up with that. That's kind of where it comes from. But it it really comes from the fact that San Antonio has scored um, eight goals in the first seven matches. And then we go out there and throw six down. So now in eight matches, we have, 14 goals so that's almost two a game we were averaging just over just over one barely barely over one and now we're approaching two i think that's going to change things around a lot as far as um kind of stats go per per game um but yeah um we'll see where everything comes out uh, as a in xg's real it's a really tough stat per match um it's a really tough stat to go by um, it's really over a, a period of time where that really shows, um, the plan, the truth. It, it'll, it'll actually show what it needs to show per match rough, but over a period of time, whether it's a quarter of the season, which we're, we're at, we're a little over to half a season. Then, then it'll actually start showing kind of, um, what it's supposed to show. So.
1: And yes, Robert, uh, SAFC has conceded four goals. Two of them uh, uh, to Phoenix, and I think they're what on a is
2: that is that four straight clean sheets for Jordan Pilar? Yes, unbelievable.
0: See, so, yeah, the team we're, we're built for defense. You know, we're not built for a high-powered offense at all. But we're gonna we the way we're built is to win close one zero two one games which is that's why maybe the the analytics to this you know you know we're not this she's low but hey it's good but that doesn't show that we're actually getting quality wins so and but that's kudos to, to marcina building that defense they said defense wins championships and that's what's going to matter the most towards you know just pretty much all the way to the end of the season
2: and yeah i mean that when I went on my Marcina rant in the last show, this is exactly what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Strong in the midfield, strong on the back line, the the front will figure itself out. And Collier and Dylan have been I I gotta I gotta like I said, I need to come up with a name for them. Um they've been unbelievable and they're just they wear you out, they run everywhere, they're physical, they'll out dribble you. They're unbelievable.
1: So for the month of May um san antonio you know just for the upcoming schedule just to give everybody a heads up uh they play uh actually next sunday actually may 8th um is that right so they don't play on saturday they play sunday uh so that means we're gonna have to adjust our schedule again gosh darn it
2: and just a heads up i'll be in chicago so no. um
0: May seventh. Um, oh, do they
2: play the seventh?
0: Nine thirty. Yeah, May eighth is Mother's Day.
2: Yeah, I will not be able to do anything on Mother's Day because A, will be in <laughs> Chicago, b) there's no way I can podcast on the road during Mother's Day. Yeah, so we'll, that, we'll have to now. we'll have we'll to, have to do a ahead. midweek show yeah. midweek show. Tuesday. Um,
1: so that you know, so Fat Mob let me down on that. May I was like May seventh, uh, or yeah, May seventh. Then they play the Dynamo. Um, on that Wednesday,
2: on the 11th, yeah, the and then Saturday in Miami,
1: Miami. Then they come home to Colorado Springs, and mm-hmm. then Memorial Day weekend, they go down to our RGV uh, mm-hmm. for that here. So, for May, you're talking about another loaded schedule uh, coming up. Most of them are away uh, for that here, and then after the uh, Memorial Day, they got you know a trip back, uh, trip out. Mm-hmm. Uh, west to Sacramento and Monterey Bay before they really get uh, some home cooking uh, for that here so you're really only gonna have one opportunity uh, for the month of May uh, to catch uh, San Antonio FC at home if not what's what's gonna be what sounds crazy it'll be uh, June middle of June June 18th before you get to see you get to see them again at at Toyota Field so if you don't have tickets for that Colorado spring match, you want to get tickets because that is, that 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 is going to be a a, a, a great match to, to see. And I'll be interested to kind of see how San Antonio stacks up against a, um, improved uh, switchbacks uh, with uh, Cam Lindley for the hair. Any final thoughts that you got on San Antonio FC?
0: Just hoping we get, you know, three straight, another three straight wins before the Colorado game—a nine-point uh, week, nine-point week, But well, six-point week—and then an, an advancement to the to the round of sixteen. I know the Houston's already talking. i like, well, we took down the Western Conference leader, so they said we should we're going to take it on you <laughs> next week. So that'd be great to, to knock off Houston and get into the. Round of 16 be the first time ever, and who knows where we, where we can go from there. But, big, like I said, we do need to get we'll a play Dallas, play. assuming yeah.
1: Dallas or Kansas City most
0: likely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so, my well, question is, is if we beat Austin, if we beat Houston, and if we play Dallas and beat them, do we get the, the Copa Tejas MLS uh, trophy too? We
0: should. <laughs> we should. <laughs>
2: You think so, right? Like that's the natural conclusion to that. That's <laughs> you, you own here, here. It's yours. Yeah, you, you think so. Uh,
1: but there's still lots of work to do. And and you know, I was telling people, hey, slow down uh, on you know, because we beat Austin, Austin beat Houston. That we're automatic players. Like, no, hold on. We play them in in two weeks. Let's St-
2: still got to play the match, and we still, still got to show that we play. are better than them on the field. Which I
1: <laughs> so.
2: I think we can. I think I think we definitely can.
1: I think we can, um, Rafa. One final question that I have here for you, uh, mm-hmm. I, in in Royce, you can you can pipe in on this as well. Um, this last match, there was no supporters group presence. There were supporters there, um, but they were not actively, um, you know, drumming. There were no banners, anything along those lines. Um, if you want to give us kind of a a summary of kind of what took place, uh, during the, during the week, you know, between, uh, San Antonio FC and the supporters group, because they did, you know, they must have listened to our show because, you know, they, they, uh, made sure not to fall into the trap mode, uh, for that here. And then they also did follow up with what Royce was looking for, direct communication, public acknowledgement of the situation, uh, for that here. So if you can kind of just, you know, give us kind of an update of where things kind of are, um, you know, to the best of your knowledge uh, uh, between, you know, San Antonio FC
0: and the supporters groups. I I think hopefully that thing, what I heard, I think they met this week and hopefully there'll be a resolution to this. You know, and uh, you you can say that uh, SACFO, you know, dropped the ball on Wednesday. And I think, I think they're really trying to fix a lot of this and reassure the 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 supporters in the bunker you know that we have your you know we have your support you know we support you guys and stuff and you know yeah we dropped the ball on this and and we need to make it up for you some way somehow to make things more i think better in there and hopefully they'll resolve that you know especially with the especially with some of the people that were affected by it hopefully they they get assurances that, you know, this won't happen again. And, you know, and just, you know, we need, we do need to fill that, that area because last night it was kind of a little weird, just not hearing anything and not seeing anything over there. And, um, and this was actually a big game too, because we scored a bunch of goals. So I can imagine all the smoke bombs going off (laughs) for, you know, for that game, but you know, for last night, but it didn't happen, but Hey, you know, I understand the people that were affected by it, you know, they, were, they felt let down and uh, I don't blame them from that and, you know, and hopefully this is a lesson learned and, but still there are things that you have to compromise or there's, or they're giving you an opportunity to compromise stuff, you know, and not just walk out or whatever. Um, you know, we all, you have to have communications and sometimes you got to put your pride aside and just, just sit down and okay, let's iron this out. What can we do to fix this? And that's that. So hopefully moving forward the next game, because the 21st is a big game and we, we need to make it loud and we're going to make it, you know, uncomfortable for, for Colorado, because this is, this game means a lot and we do need to win it. And especially for the tiebreaker because you know, no, this may come down to us in Colorado, winning, winning the, the conference and getting the seating and so forth. So hopefully they, like I said, things will improve, you know, and things will get better after this.
1: And I do know they created some task force, uh, that has members of the supporters groups, um, members of the front office. And I forget there's another party involved. Uh, um, Oh, a security, uh, it's that's a security well. detail. Right. So, so And I'm going to say this, um, and I hope San Antonio FC takes this, you know, uh, takes this to heart. I hope this isn't just a lip service um, saying, hey, we screwed up. We understand we screwed up. And, you know, you put out the you put out the acknowledgement. I do hope that they do listen to the supporters group and to be fair, you know the support groups has to listen to security and, and understand their concerns and, and along those lines, for that here. But I think the biggest issue that I've got from people that I've talked to, and even on mine, is I think where San Antonio really messed up, and I think where they they broke the trust because San Antonio, and, and I know they were put in a tricky situation. But it didn't seem like San Antonio backed the supporters group, especially in this situation where it was pretty clear that, you know, there wasn't meant any foul, there wasn't meant any harm, you know, by the beer throwing and stuff like that. Um, You know, the the shirt situation I personally don't like, but you know, I I you know, I know that San Antonio FC tried to work with with the individuals and it just didn't work out. So you know, you know that's that's a little bit different, but. To me it all comes it comes down to that trust and that's where san antonio fc is going to have to work and that's where i hope this this committee that they're putting together or this task force you know will actually be good and and work to be able to build the supporters group section together because let's be honest the supporters group section while it's better than it was a year or so ago it's still not where it was from three, four five years ago uh, for that here. So we need to work on, re, you know, rebuilding that back up, getting younger members uh, involved in it and, and being more active through that here. But Royce, uh, your final thoughts on on the, the, the supporters group and, and drama from or I guess it's not supporters group drama, but the, the issue with the supporters group, uh, you know, from the Austin FC match.
2: Yeah, the fallout from everything. Um, I expected no supporters to be out there, and that's absolutely their prerogative. I get that. A bit of a protest, the kind of show. And there were a lot of comments as well um, that the atmosphere at the match just for being, uh, I think there's a comment, for being up 3 nothing at half, this stadium kind of feels dead. Um, and it just goes to shows how important the supporters groups are um you you also understand how they feel disrespected from the austin match that things seem to have changed the, the whole t-shirt issue you get that from uh you understand that from from just the, a a club's point of view that yeah you you don't really want language like that being affiliated with you know family oriented group exactly you're supposed to be able to allow families in there you can't you can't have that And from what we've heard there, they were offered San Antonio FC shirts like, hey, you know, we'll we'll give you these. Just please take those off. And it was refused. That's that's a little frustrating for the club. And you understand that on the other side of it, um, that the one um, law enforcement officer that. Kind of did what that referee did in uh in New Mexico United where he gave out 18 yellow cards. He unnecessarily butted himself in a situation that did not need it and really escalated a situation that wasn't even a situation and let everyone down. He let he let the the sheriff's office down, he let the fans down, the supporters' groups down, and he let San Antonio FC down. Um and that's where And that's kind of on SAFC who hired him in the first place to not, you know, to not vet that. Um, And that's why I think that uh, that committee that um, that committee is so important between the security detail, between the supporters groups and between the um, the club. And I hope they all take it very seriously because this is a learning moment. All you can do is learn. It happened. Get past it learn from it, be better from it. And that's what everybody needs to be. And that's what I'm hoping everybody does is we're better from it. Um, as far as pride and yeah, it, it sucks. I get it. The situation sucks. Be better, be better for the future. If anything, if, if, even if you don't, you know, if may you may not feel safe, I get that, but try to help participate in it and try to build the future. Don't just 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 cut it off and like it doesn't mean anything it's it's important for the city it's important for the club um to continue this and i hope everybody like like harry said hope you take it seriously um from the club because it's it's embarrassing it's not good but it's a learning moment um and that's all everything is is a learning moment and that's what we need to do is, is learn from this be better from this and come back stronger
1: final thoughts, Rafa. Um, looks like Everton uh, is up on Chelsea, so there's a little bit left on that, so hopefully we can wrap this up, and I'll watch the end of that before I go grocery shopping, but uh, your thoughts, your final thoughts that you have on anything uh, that you want to discuss oh, besides okay. Real Madrid. <laughs> that,
0: that, the hashtag right there, it says it all right there. Uh, Real Madrid pinster 35th law. <coughs> So, then Marcelo, um was the all-time lead, uh, ch- trophy winner there at Real Madrid. So congratulations to him. And it was, and hopefully we'll we'll get some more hardware this week and knock off Man City. We're not getting past City, dude. <laughs> you never know. Don't count, don't count out our team because we've been down, so they, they can come back. So, but it's gonna be a fun game, you know. But and I mean, what can you say about Kareem Benzema? That guy, that guy's been on fire. He's decided 42 goals, and it, that's a Bologna, the goal the Oro winner. He deserves it. I mean, he really kind of, and that's, you got to, you know, got to give it to him with all the, you know, the personal stuff that happened to him with that little thing with the French national team. But he's really taken this team on his back and, and done, and, and been that leadership ever since Ronaldo left. So, uh, so kudos to him. And then hopefully looking forward to, uh, went on saturday with against phoenix hopefully we can go there and ruin their party and come back with three points
1: royce your final thoughts
2: i wish i had something more profound um but i i guess it's a supporters group i i missed them even watching on tv full disclosure i i got kind of sick last night um feeling better now but um Watching on TV, there was a noticeable difference that the supporters groups went there, and I hope we can all get past this. And like I said, I hope we can be stronger together um, after the incidents from the Austin match. I know they're disappointing to a lot of people, but like I said, all we can do is get together, work together, and um, and just and be better from it. Um, at the same rate, it's going to be a very busy week for us, AFC. Um, once again, three matches in about seven or eight days let's get those results. Let's go boys. Another, another big week. Let's, uh, let's go.
1: And my final thoughts, uh, number one, uh, Monica and I celebrated 21 years this, uh, this, uh, week here. So thank you, Monica, uh, without the support of you. Um, and this goes uh, for Royce and, and, uh, for all of us that do this, uh, that are married, uh, sorry, Rafa. Um, having this, having the, having the support, you know, of to be spouse. honest with you,
2: that's, that's not, that's not a bad thing from Rafa, but anyway, <laughs> congratulations, Harry, for sure. Uh,
1: but having the support of Monica, you know, for doing this, cause this, you know, you know, there is a cost, there is time and she is very supportive of, 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 of what I do and, and, and the passions that I have for the game here. So through there, um, also with next Sunday being mother's day, We may or may not have another SAFC show uh, before, you know, before then. So happy Mother's Day to um, all of us, you know, Susie, Monica, you know, and, you know, everybody else out there. uh, Like I said here, you know, after the SAFC match, you know, next Sunday, go out and uh, spend some time with your mom. um, As somebody that didn't really have a mom growing up, you know, it is one of those things that, uh, you know, I feel like I missed out on. Um, and especially seeing how, you know, my wife treats, you know, treats our kids here. Um, it's such a blessing, you know, to be able to have. So um, the one day of the year where, uh, you know, uh, you know, where we, we uh, celebrate mothers, uh, make sure that you do. And, and I know, Rafa, for you, uh, like I said here, your mom's, a, you know, a pivotal part in, in your life, uh, especially after the loss of your father. So hopefully everybody uh, has a great Mother's Day. Um, along those lines and uh, gears up uh, for another uh, three match week next week here. So I uh, hope everybody has a wonderful week. Uh, Matt, uh, I'm glad you woke up. You're a little bit late, um, but uh, you can catch the rest of the episode and I'll get it uploaded later on this morning here. Um, but I hope everybody has a great day. Uh, what's life without goals? We're out of here.
2: See you.